0: Through these times of trial, we invite you to join us in steadfast prayer for all those affected by the coronavirus and for increased hope and trust in the Lord. Monday through Friday from 1030 to 11 central during Real Presence Live, our hosts lead a live rosary for these intentions. We also celebrate daily mass at 9 a.m. and 315 p.m. after the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And on Sundays, we bring you mass at 7 and now 1030 a.m. central. Please join us as often as you can. We're your family of faith and hope. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary.
1: Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Friday morning. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you from the Diocese of Fargo here at our Grand Forks studios. And as we hear about the different dioceses, whether it's just within our listening area or throughout the country, they have a lot of decisions to make with regard to getting things back on back on track. You know, there were um, uh, in in our diocese all sorts of confirmations scheduled that uh, you know need to be re- rescheduled, figured out with individuals. Individual parishes um, our chrism mass is going to be held next week Wednesday um, just with I guess us as priests as a congregation um, and then uh, many different dioceses have uh, men who are preparing for ordination to the priesthood or transitional diaconate and they've had to decide well are we just going to go ahead with that at the usual time and restrict the attendance or are we going to try to uh, you know locate relocate this reschedule it at a different time well in our diocese the Diocese of we are blessed with uh, three men who are choosing to come forward to receive uh, ordination to the priesthood. Uh, Saturday, August 8th, I believe, is the date that has been chosen for that celebration. And one of these wonderful uh, candidates, Deacon Riley Durkin, is with us now here on Real Presence Live. Welcome, Deacon.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here, Father. How are both of you?
0: Doing very well. Now, we should first of all mention that uh, for Friends of Real Presence Radio going back a number of years, uh, your mom, uh, Lisa, had worked here, correct?
1: Yeah, for about, right about 15 years um, she she was working. Back when it was just her and Steve.
2: You know, and, and it, was o- it was always your mom's smiling, wonderful face that would welcome everybody into the, the great fundraisers <laughs> and stuff that we would do. She was always there at the door, and it, it, was, it was just such an absolute gift uh, to have her, uh, her, her sacrifice of working for the radio station all these years. Yeah. So. Right, right. Well, so,
0: if you could just uh, start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and just kind of the, 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 the bullet points you might say of uh, your journey and, and, and your studies
1: yeah yeah. I mean, there's really not that much to it. i'm still I'm still young and energetic. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, as you said, Deacon Riley Durkin, I'm from the small town of uh, Inkster, which is about thirty five miles northwest of Grand Forks.
2: Uh, or it's uh, you should probably give the reference point of Pizik, because that's that's much more important <laughs> geographically. Part of the Peasek metropolitan area.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Pizik. Okay.
1: Well, well Peasek is, su- is a suburb of Inkster.
2: From, from he, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, our our all, mistake. Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. It's just, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> go with that.
1: Uh, and then, so I graduated from high school, uh, Midway High School, 2011. I went to North Dakota State for one year as studying broadcast journalism and political science minor. I wanted to be a a television or radio or newspaper reporter. I wanted to work in uh, reporting on politics. Uh, At that point, I decided that growing up, we had a good sense of what a vocation was, and I knew that I needed to give it a fair shot, so I entered the seminary after my first year. I always knew that NDSU would be there if I ever decided to leave, but I knew that's what God was calling me to do right now. Uh, So I went to Sacred Heart uh, Seminary in Detroit, Michigan, I was there for four years studying philosophy, it was at that time I became more and more sure of my vocation, and then I was uh, sent to the St. Paul Seminary in Minnesota, in St. Paul, Minnesota, to do my four years of theology studies, and then I was ordained on June 1st last year, and I'll be a priest on August 8th this year.
2: Riley, what was the what were those initial whisperings of the Holy Spirit? How, how did you initially? I mean, because it sounds like you were pretty focused what you're doing. What was the thing that attracted your attention to say, "Look at this"?
1: Um, well, something that something that Bishop, Bishop Fulda says a lot during different vocation events is he'll say that if you're even thinking about the priesthood, you're leaps and bounds ahead of your peers. Right? If you if you're even wondering about it, that's uh, that's a sign that something, something's happening within you, that God is working in that direction. And although I didn't, I didn't hear him say it at that time when I entered, I think that was true with me, as I knew that the fact that I'm even considering the priesthood means that uh, God wants something with it, even if he just calls me to seminary for a few years and then calls me out.
0: Now, during the course of the time that you were at St. Paul, uh, Deacon Riley, um, there was a teaching parish with which you were affiliated uh, during your time there in theology. Uh, Can you tell us about that parish and what that experience was like for you?
1: Right. So at St. Paul Seminary, when you're there for your first year, you're assigned to what's called a teaching parish. It's a parish in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, uh, where you go one day a week, one weekend a month, the seminary has different emphases one semester you're teaching RCIA another one you're helping with uh with sacramental prep but it's a different emphasis every semester I was assigned to a parish called St. John the Baptist in Excelsior Minnesota which is just southwest of Minnetonka Um, Mm -hmm. and I was there for all four years and it was great I I had a good pastor that I worked with Uh, I taught RCIA for the past two years um and really appreciate it. It was a wonderful experience.
2: Now, now one of the things I know we're going to, we're going to talk here briefly about, um, you know, coronavirus and how it's affected and delayed your ordination. We're we're getting to that, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you've received some just really awesome, great news in regard to your, your future. What, what does your future hold in store for you after ordination or say after the last, uh, Sunday of June?
1: Oh yeah. My, uh, my parish assignment. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, to be able to be able to go to Holy Cross in West Fargo, I'll be a deacon there until August eighth. I got so for anybody listening, I got uh, when you're assigned to a parish, you get a letter in the mail. Well, I got two letters, one that's assigning me a transitional deacon starting on June twenty fourth the Holy Cross, and then a then an associate pastor, parochial vicar on August eighth when I become a priest. Uh,
2: now, what uh, is, is is I'm not too familiar, but is it? would the holy cross be considered maybe the the most active parish in the diocese the, the quick the largest growing or fastest growing parish
1: i i know it's the biggest i know it's the one with the most families from what so, i hear
2: so so it's good that you have all that energy that you were
1: you were talking about
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's yeah, also yeah. There's also Trinity there. Elementary School on site there with, um, uh, you know, pretty pretty good-sized numbers. So you'll have that opportunity to uh, to be a chaplain to the wee ones there, too.
1: Yep, I'll be able to work with Trinity. And uh, I know parochial vicars there in the past have also worked with Sullivan. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like. I'm not, with, with, I mean, with the way the world is now, What what do we know for sure, right? What do we yeah. know what's going to happen? Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) true enough and uh in fact uh, as we're thinking back in the first couple of months of the year 2020 who was to even imagine or dream that we'd be in the circumstance that we've been in since the middle of march so share with us if you would deacon riley how the um uh pandemic uh, affected you and your fellow seminarians Uh, how did things unfold there uh, for you guys
1: yeah so there was about a week there in march where, you know, every email was bad news and things were changing on the hour, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This event
1: was being canceled and that event, and we might be able to do this, so I guess we're not going to be able to do that. Uh, so the way that what St. Paul settled on, St. Paul Seminary, is that we were put into a quarantine for the last few months of school, from the middle of March until just last week. Uh, and what that meant was basically we couldn't, up until the last few weeks, we couldn't go drive in our cars. We couldn't go, to, we couldn't go shopping. Um, we had to basically stay on site. You could go to public parks and whatnot to go for walks.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did not send the, you away. They kept you on campus to complete your studies.
1: Dioceses were given the option Okay. Uh, to either bring their guys home or let them stay there or give, the, or, uh, give them the choice. So mm-hmm. what Fargo decided on and what I agree with is that it'd be more fruitful for me to stay at the parish or stay at the seminary. Yeah. And and yeah, it ended up. Okay, so what did, what did it
0: mean it then said, once once things were concluding earlier this month, what did it mean for you to be able to um wrap things up in a, a somewhat normal way to be able to say your goodbyes as you, you know, were expecting
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> after after being cooped up a lot of guys Got out of there as soon as they could, so I think it's as many goodbyes or as prolonged goodbyes as I would have liked. Uh, but it was—I right. mean, the end of the year was uh, was as normal as it could have been, you know.
2: What What and, happened to you when you heard the news that your ordination is being delayed? I mean, how how did that affect you?
1: Uh, I was I was just grateful I had a date, honestly. There's some okay. guys that that. It just got post some guys were just postponed indefinitely. Some of my classmates still don't know their date at this point when they're gonna become priests or deacons.
2: You know, uh, and, so and when the
1: decision was made in the middle of March, I I'm just grateful that the decision was made. And I'm very okay with it being in in uh in August. August, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, August. <laughs> yeah. So I, w-
2: I was thinking I mean, it's not just you, uh, Deacon Riley, but I mean, for in, in, in the case of your family, your brother's getting married in the midst of this too. So you you have a lot of family pressure here about your ordination and and the wedding. And h- how does that all play together for you personally about this these events, which you're kind of out of control on?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think that's just it. I'm out of control on them. Uh, there's not much I can do. Um, I, what I'm grateful for the most is that I don't have to make these decisions. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. I don't have to decide when I'm going to get ordained. I don't have to decide what that's going to look like, how many people I can invite. I can just receive it.
0: So we've been visiting here with Deacon Riley Durkin, who is a transitional deacon and will be for about five to six weeks once his assignment begins at Holy Cross Parish in West Fargo. People are probably going to be resorting to calling you Father Almost because <laughs> uh, they'll be waiting for your ordination, right? So um, yeah. Uh, now, another thing I wanted to just ask you about, I know, Riley, that you and your family have been active in uh, a youth retreat program in our diocese called Search, uh, Search for Christian yep. Maturity. Can you talk a little bit about how that experience kind of helped you and guided you as you were uh, growing in your faith and thinking about your vocation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I genuinely don't think I would have entered seminary if I wasn't involved with the Search program. Um, I think it was it's so... It's so wonderful for that age group, you know, high schoolers, young adults, to be able to form a community of good, like-minded Catholics, uh, and to it forms it forms a support group. That's the intention of it. And I probably made thirteen, fourteen of those <laughs> growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it teaches you how to. It taught me leadership, how to speak in public. Yeah, um, you'll have terrific uh, lifelong and friends.
0: Right, right. It's in and terms that as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you one more thing about uh, your uh, seminary experiences. Everybody seems to, you know, lean toward a certain area of theology that really kind of um, you know, floats their boat, you might say. Is there a favorite class or maybe a favorite professor that you are taking a memory of with you um having graduated from there?
1: Yeah, something that I when I entered theology, something I didn't realize that I would like that I really did was my church history courses, uh, being able to Learn the way early Christians behaved, and the traditions that uh, still follow us today. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, from the apostolic age until until now, until the pandemic, how how did sacraments look? How did uh, how did the formation of doctrine at that time look with different saints during the medieval age? The uh, formation of theology. I I ate it all up.
2: Excellent, and you know the other thing. Uh, your personal pressure, but I, I was actually thinking about this too, like with the new assignment and going to uh, your new parish, um, the parish is going to have about six weeks where it's going to be stress on the priest there. that You won't be able to function as a priest and so yeah. there's going to be extra stress there. Even though you're present, you'll function as a deacon, of course, and there's many things you'll be able to do. But it's, it's going to be interesting, th- your different experience from being a deacon when you arrive, and then being ordained, and then functioning as a priest.
1: Right, right. And I'm sure Father Ackerman will be, breathe a sigh of relief on August ninth when I when I show up again. <laughs> he'll but, he'll uh, be
2: the happiest person in the room. <laughs> I can just I
1: can just hear
0: what Deacon Riley will be saying in July. He'll say, "Well, ma'am, I can hear your confession, but I can't absolve you. So you know, it's up to you." <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Oh, oh, I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Deacon Riley Durkin, thank you so much for taking time to visit with us, and blessings to yeah, you and no your problem. family as you prepare for this wonderful day.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing you both in person, hopefully soon.
2: Absolutely.
0: At the
1: Chrism Mass. I'll be at the Chrism Mass.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. We look forward to it. Well, coming up next, we'll reflect on truth, beauty, and goodness in these difficult times, and later we'll take a moment to slow down a bit and reflect on the sorrowful mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary, keeping in mind your personal intentions as we lay them at the feet of Jesus through our Blessed Mother. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be right back after this.